Section fifty two of England, Scotland, Ireland, and Wales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The World's Story, Volume ten England, Scotland, Ireland, and Wales. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section fifty two. Legends of St. Columba, five hundred sixty three by adamnan ninth abbot of the ionian monastery st columba is said to have been born in ireland and to have come in five hundred sixty three with twelve companions to the island of iona there he and his brethren built huts for themselves and also a little church around the tiny settlement they raised a wall of turf but these earnest men were not satisfied to live quietly in their own houses and before long columba with some of his followers set out to see brood king of the picts who lived near where inverness now stands to tell him about the christian faith and try to persuade him to accept it they were successful and the picts became christians a large monastery was built on yona and the island was regarded as a so holy a place that for a long while the bodies of the kings of ireland scotland and even denmark were brought there for burial the editor how saint columba overcame the druid broichon on a certain day broichon whilst conversing with the saint said to him tell me columba when dost thou propose to set sail the saint replied I intend to begin my voyage after three days, if God permits me, and preserves my life. Broikhan said, On the contrary, thou shalt not be able, for I can make the winds unfavorable for thy voyage, and cause a great darkness to envelop you in its shade. Upon this the saint observed, The almighty power of God ruleth all things, and in his name, and under his guiding providence, all our movements are directed what more need i say that same day the saint accompanied by a large number of followers went to the long lake of the river nessa loch ness as he had determined then the druids began to exult seeing that it had become very dark and that the wind was very violent and contrary our columba therefore seeing that the sea was violently agitated and that the wind was most unfavorable for his voyage called on christ the lord and embarked in his small boat and whilst the sailors hesitated he the more confidently ordered them to raise the sails against the wind no sooner was this order executed while the whole crowd was looking on than the vessel ran against the wind with extraordinary speed and after a short time the wind which hitherto had been against them, wheeled round to help them on their voyage, to the intense astonishment of all. And thus, throughout the remainder of that day, the light breeze continued most favourable, and the skiff of the blessed man was carried safely to the wished-for haven. St. Columba and the White Horse In the end of this same week, that is, on the day of the Sabbath, the venerable man and his pious attendant diarmid went to bless the barn which was near at hand 
when the saint had entered it and blessed it and two heaps of winnowed corn that were in it he gave expression to his thanks in these words saying i heartily congratulate my beloved monks that this year also if i am obliged to depart from you you will have a sufficient supply for the year on hearing this diormit his attendant began to feel sad and said this year at this time father though very often vexest us by so frequently making mention of thy leaving us but the saint replied to him i have a little secret address to make to thee and if thou wilt promise me faithfully not to reveal it to any one before my death i shall be able to speak to thee with more freedom about my departure when his attendant had on bended knees made the promise as the saint desired the venerable man thus resumed his address this day in the holy scriptures is called the sabbath which means rest and this day is indeed a sabbath to me for it is the last day of my present laborious life and on it i rest after the fatigues of my labours and this night at midnight which commences the solemn lord's day i shall according to the sayings of scripture go the way of our fathers for already my lord jesus christ dineth to invite me and to him i say in the middle of this night shall i depart at his invitation for so it has been revealed to me by the lord himself the attendant hearing these sad words began to weep bitterly and the saint endeavoured to console him as well as he could after this the saint left the barn and in going back to the monastery rested halfway at a place where a cross which was afterwards erected and is standing to this day fixed into a millstone may be observed on the roadside while the saint as i have said bowed down with old age sat there to rest a little behold there came up to him a white pack-horse the same that used as a willing servant to carry the milk-vessels from the co-shed to the monastery it came up to the saint and strange to say laid its head on his bosom inspired i believe by god to do so as each animal is gifted with the knowledge of things according to the will of the creator and knowing that its master was soon about to leave it and that it would see him no more began to utter plaintive cries and like a human being to shed copious tears on the saint's bosom foaming and greatly wailing the attendant seeing this began to drive the weeping mourner away but the saint forbade him saying let it alone as it is so fond of me let it pour out its bitter grief into my bosom lo though as thou art a man and hast a rational soul canst know nothing of my departure hence except what i myself have just told you but to this brute beast devoid of reason the creator himself has evidently in some way made it known that its master is going to leave it and saying this the saint blessed the workhorse which turned away from him in sadness the stake which was blessed by the saint at another time there came to saint colomba a very poor peasant who lived in the district which borders the shores of the aporic lake lochhaber the blessed man taking pity on the wretched man 
who had not wherewithal to support his wife and family, gave him all the alms he could afford, and then said to him, Poor man, take a branch from the neighboring wood and bring it to me quickly. The wretched man brought the wood as he was directed, and the saint, taking it in his own hand, sharpened it to a point like a stake, and blessing it, gave it back to the destitute man, saying, Preserve this stake with great care, and it, I believe, will never hurt men or cattle, but only wild beasts and fishes. And as long as thou preservest this stake, thou shalt never be without abundance of venison in the house. The wretched beggar, upon hearing this, was greatly delighted, and returning home, fixed the stake in a remote place, which was frequented by the wild beasts of the forest. And when that next night was passed, he went at early morning dawn to see the stake, and found a stag of great size that had fallen upon it and been transfixed by it. Why should I mention more instances? Not a day could pass, so the tradition goes, in which he did not find a stag or hind or some other wild beast fixed upon the stake, and his whole house being thus filled with the flesh of the wild beast, he sold to his neighbors all that remained after his own family was supplied. But as in the case of Adam, the envy of the devil found out this miserable man also through his wife, who, not as prudent matron, but rather like one infatuated, thus spoke to her husband. Remove the stake out of the earth, for if men or cattle perish on it, then thou and I and our children shall be put to death or led into captivity. To these words her husband replied, It will not be so, for when the holy man blessed the stake, he said, it would never injure men or cattle. Still the miserable man, after saying this, yielded to his wife, and taking the stake out of the earth, like a man deprived of his reason, brought it into the house, and placed it against the wall. Soon after his house-dog fell upon it and was killed, and on its death his wife said to him, One of thy children will fall upon it and be killed. At these words of his wife he removed the stake out of the house, and having carried it to a forest, placed it in the thickest brushwood, where, as he thought, no animal could be hurt by it. But upon his return the following day he found a roe had fallen upon it and perished. He then took it away and concealed it by thrusting it under the water in the edge of the river, which may be called in Latin Nigradea. On returning the next day he found transfixed and still held by it a salmon of extraordinary size, which he was scarcely able by himself to take from the river and carry home. At the same time he took the stake again back with him from the water, and placed it outside on the top of his house, where a crow, having soon after lighted, was instantly killed by the force of the fall. Upon this the miserable man, yielding again to the advice of his foolish wife, took down the stake from the housetop, and taking an axe, cut it in many pieces, and threw them into the fire. Having thus deprived himself of this effectual means of alleviating his distress, he was again, as he deserved to be, reduced to beggary. End of section 52. This recording is in the public domain.